Word. All right. Well, what up, fellas? Thanks for jumping in here. Oh, we got to get Mike Lofton up here. What's up, Big Mike? Um, so I guess I'll probably say this later again if anybody else joins, but new show that uh, I'm working on that is going to be every single Wednesday night at 8 p.m. We're calling it 8 p.m. in the internet, and yes, that is a Drake reference. Um, I'm going to try to run this a little different than some of the other locker room rooms that I've done and that other people do. I'm going to go into every single episode with four topics and kind of time them out to be 15 minutes each um, and just take whatever the, the biggest news of the week is and go through them and get everybody's thoughts and opinions. So today, my thoughts on that would be start with the big news with Chris Paul and Kawhi with uh, injury and COVID concerns. We have to talk Giannis after last night's performance. We have to talk about Kevin Durant and whether or not he's actually the best player alive right now. And then uh, I save best for last to uh, talk some Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, depending on how the Sixers-Hawks first half is shaping out when we get there. So that's my plan. Uh, thank you to you guys who are already up and in here. And uh, anybody who wants to come up, feel free. I'm going to shoot invites uh, to whoever is listening and wants to hop up that can. Um, but I guess let's start right away. Let's jump into uh, the, the, the injury and the COVID news. Chris Paul and Kawhi. I was shocked this morning when I saw that stuff. I've been rattled, honestly, thinking about it all day and how much it changes the playoff picture right now. So I'm curious to all you guys. I'll throw an open invite to whoever wants to jump in. Um, which which one of those takes you more by surprise and which one do you think is uh, going to be more impactful to the chase for an NBA title? Michael, Shimon, either one of you guys want to take that one, if you can? I think both are impactful, like... Without Kawhi, Clippers are going nowhere, and I think without Chris Paul, even the even the Suns are going nowhere, and that's the issue. And maybe Chris Paul comes back. If he comes back, then it's not that important. Maybe they'll lose one or two games. That will be like, probably the Jazz home court. So Kawhi, Kawhi is obviously a bigger loss because I I think. With the Nets injuries and other injuries, I legit thought Clippers would win the title this year. Yeah, I I do feel like Chris Paul has been like the most important player in the playoffs, which I can't believe I'm saying because I've historically been a Chris Paul doubter for over a decade now. Um, but I actually I I don't know that I feel Chris Paul is like the larger loss because I weirdly think the Suns are still positioned better to make a finals i know they're already in the conference finals so that helps um but i don't know i feel like devin booker's the type of guy who could be the go-to guy on a team that makes at least a one more round victory against either utah or the clippers um i guess Trevon, who do you think like if, if i gave you clippers without Kawhi or Suns without chris paul which one do you, of those two do you think is more likely to come out of the west I think it's probably stands without Chris Paul. Just because they're already like in the advanced round, or would you say that if they still had to, like, if they were in the Clippers spot? So the the problem with uh, with the Clippers is that you need both Paul Judge and Kawhi to play make and do all the heavy lifting because they don't have other people who can create their own create offense for others. 
like Marcus Morris can isolate and do all this stuff. Batum cannot, like, he can play make a little bit, but not too much. Like, they need people who can break down the defense. Because I don't think they run any complex offensive sets. But what what the Suns do is they run a lot of Spain pick and roll and other stuff. Like, they run good sets, which generates easy offense. So, like, if you see the Lakers game when Chris Paul, I think it was game two or something, like, campaign went off. Like, I think Suns have enough ball handlers to compensate for Chris Paul, but may, the Clippers don't. They have Rajan Rondo, that's it. Yeah, I think Kawhi is the bigger loss here. First of all, I want to make sure we're giving a shout-out, Greg. Uh, congratulations uh, for you doing the first show today. And our boy Ethan on here, uh, just got to make sure, man, I'm just so proud of the original locker room team and obviously. And, uh, and I'm really happy for Ethan because the Dallas Mavericks have made, uh, but more importantly, just really great day. Um, let me, I don't think Chris Paul is going to miss any time. And I think the precedence here is one, he's the players association president and he has been vaccinated before is what people are, what the reports are saying. I'm interested to see if he's come out and said anything and I could be uh, corrected on that. Uh, if anybody has heard him on reports, but apparently there people are saying he was vaccinated in February. Um, so that lets me know that, and knowing where Braun may have broke protocols and he missed zero time, John Rahm is going to play in the U.S. Open tomorrow. If Chris Paul is test positive in a couple of days or test negative in a couple of days for two or three, two or three negative tests in a row, knowing that he's already been vaccinated, we need to make sure that we give him the same opportunity to play in game one. And the longer the Jazz Clippers series goes, uh, I think that Chris Paul's going to be playing in game one. Yeah, I'm curious too, Mike. Like, I not that I want to get all up in his business, but like, is he vaccinated or not at this point is a question of mine. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I don't want to say I don't sympathize with him regardless, but like, man, if he wasn't vaccinated and then to have this news come at the timing it did, that's just almost tragic. Um, just, I see we got a couple new people jumped in the room. If anybody wants to jump up, feel free. You guys are more than welcome to come up and chat. Um, this is the debut of a new show that I'm going to be doing every single Wednesday night. We're calling it 8 PM in the internet. And I know S is going to like this. This is a Drake reference, by the way, my friends. Um, so the goal for this, I'm going to pick four topics every single night on Wednesdays, and then we are going to go through them 15 minutes each. Uh, pick the four topics that are the biggest in the news that day. Most likely a lot basketball related, sometimes outside the world of basketball. But we're starting right now with the topic that you can see, Chris Paul or Kawhi, who's a bigger loss. Uh, so feel free. If anybody else can talk, jump up. Yes, Drake, it is going to be 8 p.m. Eastern. Um, and Carter, my sleeper brethren, I see you join the room, man. What's going on, Cat? Come on now. You know, I'm going to be here, too, every Wednesday co-hosting the great sleeper i'm just you know what i'm saying just just always support my man just being second fiddle is what i'm doing you know Whoa. so I love Carter, are you going to be alive after running uh maybe i don't know i don't know maybe we could take bets on that i, I probably won't be when's the carter when's the the official date and time for the run uh, I'm going to run Friday uh, whenever I get off work, so probably sometime after 4 or 4.30. Yeah, 
It keeps moving back. You said Wednesday. All of a sudden, now it's Friday. I mean, who are you? The fucking running police? Get off my back. Hey, this is my show. This is my show, Car. I get to talk about Sorry. the best that you lose. Sorry. Right. Yeah, there's there's uh, a block feature. There's a block feature on here now, so I got to tread lightly as well. You're right. Dion, what's going on, man? Thanks for hopping up here. Yeah, not much, man. I just hopped up to ask Carter uh, what site he's going to be streaming this running on because <laughs> I, I need to watch. I need to watch that. That boy's knees are not making it more than ten minutes. Uh, I, I got I got to figure it out um, because I need my phone for music purposes. So I don't know how to figure it out. Somehow I will stream it though. It will be it will be streamed for the people. Carter, what's the longest distance you've ever run in your life? Uh, probably a five k. Okay. Do you think you're, I mean, if you actually run for the majority of 90 minutes, you're going to run more than that. A lot more than that. Yeah. I'm going to be, yo, I'm going to be dying for sure. <laughs> it's over. I already accepted it. Oh, uh, well, stay hydrated, my friend. Uh, I would make a joke, but this is not a good time for a joke about collapsing on the pitch. Thoughts and prayers to Mr. Erickson. So Facts. make sure you get your water in you, cat. I got uh, you. All right, anybody, again, if anybody's listening, anybody wants to hop up and talk, feel free to request to chat. We'll get you up here. Let's get back into Chris Paul and Kawhi. Uh, we've been debating who we think is a bigger loss and why. Who do we think can still make it to the finals? Somebody's got to come out of the West at this point. Uh, so I guess let's throw it to the new people that have come up. Who do you think is the favorite to come out of the West at this point? Oh, I know y'all not going to let me go first. <laughs> Take it, Cap. All right, that's fine. fine. Uh, I'm going to be the one to say it, and this is going to kill me, but unfortunately with the way injuries are going right now and how it's going, oh, man, I hope I can actually take a, take some time to actually stay this. But I think the Jazz are the favorites to come out the West now, and uh, Rudy Gobert might go to the NBA Finals. <coughs> Ouch. That hurts. But it's true. It just is, bro. Like, Chris Paul is a huge loss. Who knows when he's coming back. Kawhi. That's just if people are hoping for a Paul George legacy game, it ain't coming. Keep waiting, okay? But we really might be living a world where we see a Rudy Gobert lift the Finals MVP trophy somehow. It could happen. It has happened. That's not happening, that's Carter, not happening. bro. That's I'm not just saying, Andre Iguodala won a goddamn Finals I, I MVP for holding LeBron to a 35 point triple double. And he, he I won MVP. Will personally, make sure that Pastry Robert Williams does not win Finals MVP. If I have to take control of this myself, I will make sure that. <laughs> Bro, that is hilarious. Uh, Car, I think it's more likely your favorite point guard, Mike Conley, would win Finals MVP than Rudy Gobert, though. Dude, that would just that would just be the absolute shitty ending to my crappy year. Like, state losing the play-in. Manchester City losing Champions League, just everything just would culminate in me having to watch Mike Conley and Rudy Gobert at center court celebrating an NBA championship. Absolutely disgusting behavior. Adam Silver out. That would break. Yeah, what do you got against Mike Conley? I hate I hate NBA players who have no technical fouls in their whole career. That shit is soft. (laughs) (laughs) Does he actually have no tucks? Bro, he has, he has zero career technical fouls. Someone no, get on it. That's not true. That's a lie. I promise you. I promise okay, you. Zero. Zero. He's that, he's that same guy that in that commercial went to, over to his coach like, hey, coach, I touched it last. 
I touched it last. It went out of bounds. He's that type of player. No technical fouls. Hell no. I'm not. I liked it better when he had no all-star appearances, but now he's got one of those. Like a technical, before you retire, please, once, Mike Conley. I don't see it happening, though, Cart. Um, all right, I'm playing host. We're moving on to, to the second. He really top. has no technical list. fouls. Oh, my God. Akil, you're late, man. That's why you got to get in the room early, my dog. Next Wednesday, you'll know. 8 p.m. sharp. You better be did there. Carter just, Topic number two. Did Carter just get kicked Topic to the side? Two. No, no, sir. We're moving on. Giannis Antetokounmpo, a.k.a. Suvaki Walker, a.k.a. Feta World Peace. Let's get our new Giannis nicknames off, folks, because last night was despicable, and we need to make jokes about it. I've never thought that a 34 and 12 stat line could be so empty until you watch what he did in the fourth quarter last night. That was. Look, I mean, left, I mean, right handed Kent Bazemore. Um, I've been saying for weeks, there is not a player I fear less dribbling the ball at the top of the key than Giannis. That man will fake right, doesn't go right. Fake left, doesn't go left, and then barrels right into you and hopes that he knocks you over and gets a layup. You you were talking about empty stats, and I want to raise one name because me, Carter, ML, and, and Greg had to talk about another guy who's the definition of empty stats, one Andre Drummond. Um, but yeah, mm. damn near. Damn near. Um, very, very close. Very close. I know, uh, I know G will appreciate this as a fellow office aficionado, but I think Michael Scott in the character of Mykonos – his Greek character would have been just as effective as the real Greek. <laughs> oh my god! That's Did you guys see the last version of the game? Like Milton put a ball in his like pocket. He fumbled the ball. Like, Bro, Mike Budenholzer needs to be investigated. Who was that ref who was in part of that gambling ring a couple years ago? I swear Not to God, Budenholzer. Yeah, Budenholzer's in with that guy. Because that was absolutely atrocious execution, all of that in the fourth. Why is he so scared to play his generational superstar a whole, like, 48 minutes? Why? What's wrong with it? He's fine. He's 26. He's going to be okay. Play the man. I don't get it. But also, I must report, the streets are saying that Giannis Antetokounmpo is just Josh Smith with a visa. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what the streets are saying. That's wrong as hell. <laughs> that's so wrong. Josh Smith shoots threes. Come on. Oh, I mean, he misses up too. Yeah, but he made... At least he, his threes helps like, defeat the Clippers. Like, so, like, we, were, we were talking about it this morning on, on Max's show. Like, when does Carter... Oh, sorry, not Carter. When does... When does Giannis learn how to like post up? Like now, nah, you said it right the first time. When does Carter learn how? Deion, <laughs> yeah, don't let don't don't let me get to going on your Carlos Boozer spray on hairline you got going on that pick. I will gun your ass now. Like <laughs> oh boy! Hey, as someone who has hooped with Carter multiple times in his life, I have been wondering when I'll see his first career post-up attempt up. That man is art to art. That's all it is. Dude, when you spend – I don't know how many times I got to explain this. When you spend your whole life posting up, when you retire, you don't want to post up anymore. You want to shoot threes, all right? I got a whole life of threes to make up for, so it takes time. What the fuck am I doing to the paint, all right? Let me – Stop the paint, 
Hashtag. Okay, so. All right, Greg. Serious. Topic, though, I got you, bro. But here's the thing. You and I are coaches. I tried charting the fourth quarter in terms of just counting passes per possession. The Bucks average less than three passes when the, from starting at the eight-minute mark. It was so terrible seeing their offense. They didn't know what to do. And that comes back to coaching. Giannis can only do so much, but the coach is not putting him in positions to do what he needs to do. And also his game's just not good enough. He's not in the gym enough. I mean, James Harden just guarded him in the post in the most crucial possession of the game. And my man took a, a dirk, a reverse dirk fadeaway. Nah, I'm done, bro. Can't do it. Can't do it. And I got, I, I got, one, I got one more thing to say on it, just because I feel like we're kind of piling on Giannis a bit too much. We need to also hold Chris Middleton accountable for that 8-for-22 ball-stopping performance he put on and also Drew Holiday morphing into UCLA Eric Bledsoe. I'm just yeah, saying. I have, that I'm dude was terrible. Noticing difference. I, I've, noticing I've difference. only seen Drew Holiday have one good game, and it was in high school. <laughs> I have a question for Michael and Greg. Like, Isn't Drew supposed to be a point guard? Like, What were his decisions yesterday? Like, they didn't run anything in the second half. I don't think Buenos are sitting on the side and saying, don't run stuff. It's up to a point guard to run stuff. They didn't do anything in the second half. It was dribble up the ball, set a pick, get a switch, attack the ISO. Entire second half, there's no other game plan. Yeah, it's weird. I feel like as as I watch the Bucks and I have a little bit of my coach mode flip on in my brain, like... It just appears like they're going full superstar mode, like watching Kevin Durant take these tough shots off the dribble, and the response is just like, oh, we have one of those. Like, they do theoretically have a generational superstar. The problem is Giannis is not a point guard. Like, I don't care how many assists he has averaged in a couple MVP seasons. And I actually, to your point, Michael, about he needs to get in the lab, he hasn't worked on his game enough. Like, I actually think he has made some pretty wild strides because I think Giannis is naturally – more of a center than he is anything else. Like the fact that he can even hit threes at all right now and even create shots for himself off the dribble to me is impressive from where he was with as the raw prospect when he started. But I think he's used totally incorrectly because if your game plan in a playoff run, when a game gets tight and a one possession game down the stretch is just clear out and let Giannis go to work. I mean, you saw it. He was isolated against a man who was absolutely broken in James Harden who was getting beat off the dribble by anybody with a pulse. And I don't know if it's between the ears that led him to that fadeaway or if it was truly that he couldn't make a move. I have a hard time believing he couldn't get by James Harden if he wanted to. So I'm just at a loss on on what the Bucks need to do from here. But I know they got to get the ball out of Giannis's hands down the stretch because that shit will never win them an NBA. It's. To me, it's why the Chris Paul trade that I thought that they were going to make this past summer, they should have made. Like, I don't know why they didn't do it. Because, like, if you had CP3 there and you got to run CP3 Giannis pick and rolls in late clock situations, then you get, like, Chris Middleton as your hypothetical third dude next to CP3 and Giannis. That's a really freaking good basketball team. So I don't know why they didn't go out. Sean Coleman, what's up, my friend? Well, I couldn't, I couldn't pass up the opportunity to say hello. I won't be able to stay long. I've got some things I've got going on tonight, but just wanted to say hi, Akio, Michael, Shravon, Carter, 
Greg Dion, I just wanted to let you know that you look like a dry cleaner's version of Drake if the dry cleaner was out fat, which was without oh, fabric softener. Oh, my God. So, so, yeah, if that dry cleaner ran out of fabric softener six months ago, that's what you'd like when it comes to being a version of. Uh, you know, the, the room's being recorded, so. Oh man! Uh, but but all joking aside, uh, just wanted to say hi. Hope all's well. Big uh, big changes going on, but I hope everybody's doing well. So, hey, same to you, my friend. We got to see you on the the updated green room app. Get your Grizzlies talking. We haven't talked since uh, your boys were sent home, Sean. <laughs> well, hey, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. As it, 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 I mean, this as genuinely as I can. The biggest uh, positive going into this offseason for the Grizzlies by far is we're healthy. And I mean, that's that's just absolutely the truth. The Clippers probably there's a good chance they're going to be without a fully healthy Kawhi for much of next year. It's going to be hard for Jamal Murray to be himself. I'm just saying, you're seeing a lot of these teams who not only are having guys, you know, experience this bad string of health, but now it's starting to be injuries that are going to impact them next season when we're going through another very short offseason. So um, I'm just glad that the team's healthy. That's 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 kind of the reason why I'm not mad at all that, you know, they got eliminated. Yeah, I think, I mean, I would be ecstatic. I would do anything to trade my franchise for the state of your franchise right now. So I'm just praying the Pistons get somebody like uh, a Mr. John Morant or even Jaron Jackson at this point. That's all I'm looking for. Okay. But, uh, Sean, thanks for hopping up, man. We appreciate you. We'll talk uh, soon. Feel free to stick around if you can. Um, I just updated the topic, folks, because the one thing that's getting lost in all of this Giannis slander is the fact that Kevin Durant just went out and put up the best individual game performance that I think I've ever seen in my lifetime in a playoff game. Giannis hits the podium after and says he's the best player alive. I think he called LeBron James the best player alive less than six months ago. So question to the panel, is KD actually the best player alive right now? Obviously, he's the best player in the playoffs, in my opinion. But if you could pick anybody to try to take your team to a title, it's Durant right now, right? Yeah, he's been the best player since 2016. Um, like, and what's crazy about it is he was taking turns on Middleton and Giannis too at points of that game. He he's one of the best defensive players in the game, and by far the best offensive player. In the game. I think it's just crazy we're even having this conversation. Literally, what one to two years after a dude has a what some may consider like a career-ending injury, and he comes back and he's playing at this level. And like Greg said last night, that was some really crazy shit that he was doing. Like, it was unbelievable. He did it all, and he could not be stopped. Like, they tried everything. They tried everybody on him. Everyone tried to get a hand up. It didn't matter. He's just next level. Except Giannis. Giannis didn't want to. He didn't. Akil, except Giannis. I'm dying. Am I, uh, am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. But why? Why does that happen? Obviously, Bud didn't make the move but like is it on Giannis at some point he must he must, he must be watching he must be watching Kawhi that's what he does Look, he lets Paul George go the best player thing man like you're getting paid 50 million dollars a year in Giannis right and you quote unquote won a defensive player of the year award <laughs> Dion said it before multiple times not not his defensive player of the year um as I quote Dion. Yeah, not is, mine. There, 
you must be is down it? bad. You're quoting Dion. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know why all y'all do is quote me. Anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, him and Gobert, like, give me the dudes that, like, when KD gets to 20 to 25 points, it's time to put Giannis on him. And I get part of that is Bud, but if that was, and I rarely ever compliment LeBron, if that was Bron on the other side, Bron doesn't need Frank Vogel or anybody to tell him to go yard Giannis. He's switching with somebody immediately. That's right. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's just what I don't get. And Giannis said after the game, like, he hopes he starts the next game on him. I think we're going to see that adjustment. But, like, I just, I don't get how you're one of the only people in the league that stands six foot 11, 240, seven foot three wingspan, and you watch last night's game play out like it did, and you don't think, oh, maybe I should go get a hand up instead of watching PJ Tucker just get embarrassed. Like, and oh, please, we got to stop calling PJ Tucker the anything stopper after that. Like, he just got undressed. I, I renewable, I renewable with a Nike contract. That man's a fucking bum. <laughs> <laughs> that was the be that was the that was the best part of that of last night's Kevin Durant performance. I can hear everyone shut the hell up about KD ain't this, KD ain't that. I'm about to get the Chief Keith Love Sosa intro going and tell PJ Tucker to shut his dumb ass up and keep changing his sneakers because he doesn't <laughs> want that problem. I just wanted to chime in. Does and he say, have a Nike contract? I don't think he has a Nike contract. He's sponsored by a goat that uh, is shoe like the shoe reselling app. That's why he gets to wear whatever he wants. Yeah, yeah. So he's a sneaker collector with the NBA. Yeah, contract. I mean Carter was wrong, but we're you know that's not the point. Like basically Zeke with the NBA contract. <laughs> yeah, Carter's never wrong, folks. I don't know what room you guys are in, but Carter Elliott has never been wrong. Carter is so how wrong. Unless Man City's playing, right? <laughs> Talk to these, talk to talk to these young boys, yeah, Greg. I don't understand. You should not even talk. And tell oh, CJ McCollum to mess up too. That man was out there getting cooked by Compazzo and Austin Rivers had the had the gall to get on Twitter and tweet some shit. Shut your ass up. To, to combine both your topics, Greg, like Giannis, unfortunately, is being graded on a harder bar than probably anyone else uh, in modern history because of the social media being included. His two MVP seasons actually weren't even regular season compared. Well, they're, they're comparable, but uh, you can make an argument that he may have had even better statistics this year. But the problem is, is that he's in the LeBron and KD era. And that's, that's a, and let's call it what it is. Dion's right. Uh, KD's been the best player since he pulled up in LeBron's face in game three. Uh, in Cleveland when LeBron was backtracking and didn't want to guard him past half court. Uh, when the best court. scorer. No, I wouldn't say player. Nah, best scorer. But that's where I'm at on it. And because the rings actually showed up in three straight finals, obviously with probably the best team in history. Um, but KD, KD's proven it right now. But that also doesn't mean that this series is over yet because the injuries are there. And the Bucks could easily win. They're going to win tomorrow for sure. They can win a game seven. They were up 17 with 22 minutes of basketball to play and long. That's still a disgrace. Yeah, I think that's so, a complete utter disgrace. At the end when, of the- you, when you said Giannis is graded on a harder scale, like I agree and I disagree. Um, I agree because like everything you said is facts, like in regards to social media, and it just happens to be the Steph Curry era. 
like I couldn't agree more with all that. My bad, uh, it's true. SC3. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, where I disagree is, is like a lot of social media puts the blame on Bud. And like I said earlier, if that was LeBron's team, LeBron isn't waiting for Bud to make the adjustments. He's doing it himself. If that's, if that's Steph Curry's team, he's doing it himself. Listen, and that's where, that's where I don't agree with it because I think a lot of people cape for Giannis and, put the, and they put the blame on Bud when, like, yes, Bud may not be the greatest coach ever, but clearly neither is Steve Kerr, neither is Frank Vogel, ne- neither is some of the other dudes, uh, Ty Lue, obviously. And those dudes have, what, like five of the last seven rings? So, I mean, I don't know. I, I think some of it's got to fall on Giannis. No, I, I agree with that, too. I think I, – yeah. I, I think – I'm sorry, Akil. I just wanted to say this point. I think that he is heavily criticized because it's become to like instead of appreciating Giannis's greatness, it be it's become like his bag is so shallow. That is literally like what like goes around his conversation. Like it's the cloud that hovers around him, right? But the thing is, is that at the same time. I do agree with Dion. It feels as if that people are trying to, like, not give Giannis as much, like, hell for his play or lack of, you know, lack of ability of doing certain things offensively or defensively for to get this team forward. Because if this was other players and they displayed this level of issues, they wouldn't just be criticized. They'll be, like, flamed. They'll be flamed, but it feels as if for Giannis, it's more so, but look, he's doing this in spite of this, right? And it's become more of a conversation of to say rather what he lacks, but then to talk about Bud and what he does not do instead. When honestly, when it's the top five players in the league or top six, they just get out and just do everything possible to win a game, right? That was a very winnable game. This series has been a very winnable series. But there's just things that the coach and things that Giannis does as a player both together are just boneheaded. And it just turns into it just makes you confused and makes you want to inaudibly screech as you're watching. So it is what it is. Yeah. To Dion's point, he talked about certain players being able to do shit themselves. Right. Like the Stephs, the LeBrons, the Lucas, the the KDs, all those guys like. Dion, to your point, like I, I didn't say. Oh, sorry, my Oh, uh, my B. Sorry, um, but like the guys that you mentioned, like the people that are actually physically available to like do it themselves, skill wise, like the th- the reason they can do it is because like they actually have the skills to do it, right? Like I feel like the thing with Giannis is his elite skills are really complementary skills, like what makes him really really good. So, like, you kind of need to keep dudes around him there for him to flourish. And if you, like, try to make him the focus slash main part of your offense, I I really just don't think it's a good look. It's just just proven to be so, at least now until these past couple years, until Giannis decides to get into the gym, uh, hit up maybe a Rico Hines UCLA run. Um, Yeah, I'm curious to see where this goes for Giannis because, like, I think as fans, you've seen this and you're seeing it even with Luca. Um, like, impatience grows over the years. 
And Giannis has had what? Probably three seasons now where you would consider the Bucks a quote unquote favorite to potentially come out of the East. Um, definitely since LeBron at least left. Like it's it's sort of been his side of the brackets come out of. They've never gotten there, whether you want to blame Giannis, whether you want to blame the coaching staff, whether you want to blame the supporting cast. Um, it's kind of gone down the list. And I actually agree with you guys. I think there's been a lot of excuses made for Giannis individually saying like, oh, well, we need to get him some help. We need to get him a Drew Holiday. We need to get him a better coach. Um, and I think this is the first year they've got the supporting cast that I think is good enough to win a title. You got dudes like Bryn Forbes that are just gunning and knocking down shots at a high rate. I think Chris Middleton struggled last night, but for the most part, he's been a really good second option. Brooke Lopez has been playing pretty well. Like it, at some point, your superstar has got a superstar. And I don't think he's done that. At least he definitely didn't while Kevin Durant was running away with that game. Uh, and he's got two games left to, to figure this out. And we'll see. Maybe the narrative changes. Narratives can change quickly in the NBA. But uh, I would be shocked if they if they put up any resistance. I think, Michael, you said you think Bucks are going to run away with game six. You think that's even a game? Well, Mike and I have a friendly little wager on the series. So he needs Ooh. the Bucks to run away with game six. Mm. He ain't lying. <laughs> but I'm still right about what I said earlier. Yeah, I think the Bucks. Uh, I think uh, actually I think I saw some, some of the description. Uh, when you were going to start making money for people um, and bets um, during college basketball season, because you were very much a, uh, a winner. And I think it's very simple that I think Bucks will be favored by six and a half, maybe seven tomorrow. It's and five. That's right a now. comfortable bet. Yeah. Perfect. So it, it, making, it, you're making money. It's perfect. five right now. And I don't think, I think that's under the, uh, I think it's under the assumption that Harden doesn't play be, based off the way Harden's listed and just sure. like how I know Vegas does those things. So if you're a Bucks better and you wait till tomorrow afternoon, you really might get Bucks like minus two or three. Shit, if Harden doesn't play, I would feel more confident for Brooklyn, quite frankly, after seeing last night. Like, that man could not guard a soul. That was four on five. And I get he had like seven, eight assists, I think, when the game wrapped. But good God, he was a liability. So we'll see. Uh, all right. I, uh, a mortgage I bet feels good tomorrow, Greg. A mortgage bet feels good tomorrow. Just Ooh, put that out there. I like it. I'll, I might have to follow you blindly for the first time in my life, Mike. We'll see what happens. Yes, sir. Um, all right, I want to I want to pivot to the game that's going on right now, and no spoilers, but I'm sure most people listening to this know the the Sixers are boat racing the Hawks right now. Uh, looks like they're going to take a three two lead, barring someone going Kevin Durant. So we shall see. Uh, but I want to pose the big question. There's been a lot of discussion. Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, who's to blame? Ben Simmons somehow caught a lot of flack after Game Four, despite Joel Embiid going 0 for 12 from the floor in the second half. I have been a Ben Simmons stan, just a warning to everybody listening to this, for pretty much his whole career. I think the fit is horrible. I would love to see them both end up with, you know, a better counterpart that fits their game. I think they both could potentially be a, a go-to player or a guy that a team is built around that could make a finals run at some point in their career. But I want to pose the question to the group. Can Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, as presently constructed, can they win a championship in Philadelphia as the best two players on that team? Uh, this year, with all the injuries, like hypothetically, let's say the Nets can't get healthy and the Bucks get by them or the Nets sneak by. Uh, yeah, and then with everything going on in the West, especially now, 
with uh, Kawhi looking like he's done for the postseason, I think it's definitely possible this year. Um, I think Ben Simmons is like the opposite of Giannis, where I said Giannis like doesn't get enough blame. I think Ben Simmons gets way too much blame, like way too much blame. That's a hundred percent how I feel. I think I think you put Simmons in basically the worst possible situation for a guy of his skill set. Like, to play next to a dominant post player who's just going to get the ball on the block 30 times a game. Like, he's not a floor spacer. He basically has to duck baseline. And I think Joel Embiid's great. I don't think Joel Embiid is, like, a phenomenal passer who's going to find Ben Simmons on the right angles all the time like a Jokic would. So, I I, I don't understand. Like, Simmons was one assist away from a triple-double last game, and yet everybody was just on him because he missed a free throw in crunch time. It's like, yeah, he can't shoot. I get that. That's that's a huge problem for any player in this game. But, like, I don't know. It just feels like Simmons is made out to be the, the scapegoat when, in reality, I think he's a huge part of this team's success. I don't know that I think they can win a title together just because I think it's such a horrible fit. I don't think they could beat either Milwaukee or Brooklyn, um, even with Brooklyn's injury injury issues. And I actually – Prior to the series, I had the Hawks beating the Sixers, and I'm not giving up on that yet until Trey Young gets to a game seven. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I'm curious. Anybody else? Like, are you are you Ben Simmons fan? Are you Embiid fan? Do they work together? Akil, I don't think I've ever heard your take on this. If you're available on 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 Ben Simmons. On just the Sixers in general, like does Simmons work with Embiid? I think I think I think I think no. I think I think they need to finally break up the boat. Um I feel like Ben Simmons needs to be played basically as like a hyper Draymond where he just has a whole ton of shooters around him and he gets to be like the main ball handler and do all that fun stuff. Like if you had let's say somehow it magically happened tomorrow where you get to run Steph Ben Simmons pick and rolls and Steph gets trapped out at 50 feet and Ben Simmons basically gets to play four on three with a whole ton of space. That's a really fun Ben Simmons. And then if you gave Joel Embiid like a whole ton of shooting and like probably a really solid good point guard who could like play make and stuff like that, that would be fun. Magically as if we don't have the package for Ben. That is very true. You guys do have a package for Ben. Um, Yeah. So I think that they both could really work as players individually, but on the same team, I don't know how. Because you kind of like have to play Ben in that dunker spot, to your point, G, and then you can just kind of send blind doubles and Embiid the whole time, and that's not making Embiid's life fun. So yeah, they got they got to break up the ship here sooner than later. My thing with the Ben hate, and like this is what like I, I just don't understand, is Ben Simmons at Montverde wasn't like some like dominant scorer. Ben Simmons at LSU also wasn't a dominant scorer. He came into the league and hasn't been a dominant scorer. Philly doesn't play him in a role to where he has to be the dominant scorer, and yet people are upset that he's not scoring. Like he's playing his role. Is it what you like people want him to do? Maybe I think not. It's, but I think it's mostly. I think it's mostly the fact that he seems like he's incapable of scoring sometimes in the playoffs, and then when you see things like yesterday where Embiid has an off night, goes over twelve in the second half. And he can't pick up the slack, and he's their number two guy. That's gonna drive some people crazy. What you're saying is a completely fair point, but also taking into consideration that he was a teenager at that time, and you expect him to develop some type of offensive skill set by now, especially as long as he's been in the NBA. 
Like, this guy has had enough training, especially when you see his off-season videos or I don't know if you saw the videos with Siku Dumbaya in the video during the, um, during the NBA shutdown last year. And he takes a ton of jump shots off the dribble, posts people up, spin fadeaway and all that, and then he doesn't do any of that in the game. It drives people nuts to see him tease all year with that and then not do it in the game. Larry, that video had to be CGI, bro, because I was so high on Sekou Dumboya going into the season, and then he was just, like, as raw as could possibly be after all of that. I don't know what was going on in that gym, but it was not reality. No, I'm not, I'm not, talking, about, I'm not talking about during the offseason. I know what you're talking about. I'm not talking about that one. I'm not even talking about the video. Okay. Well, I, I did reference them, but I'm not talking about that video. I'm talking about specifically during the shutdown, right before they went to the bubble. He was hitting a bunch of jump shots off the dribble. And then at the end of the video, he's talking to Siku Dumbaya on the bench. Siku's on the bench and he's like, yo, why you don't do none of that in the game? And he looked at the camera and said, oh, yeah, I know watching the about. bubble. Yeah. And he said, I'm going to do it in the bubble. And then in the preseason during the bubble, he attempted three jump shots. The whole time, the coach kept talking about how he was shooting that practice and he was getting more comfortable shooting and picking his spots. And as soon as they resumed the season, not, he took one jump shot before he got hurt. And look at this year, how long it took for him to attempt the three. I'm not saying he needs to stretch out to the three-point line. I just think he needs to be able to do more than just drive downhill. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I think that's 100% fair. I think I would just love to know what a Ben Simmons looks like if he were, like, the guy that – the piece that was built around. Like, imagine if that Houston trade had actually gone through, which, God forbid, if James Harden was healthy and with the Sixers team, I mean, that's a totally different story. But, like, I'm imagining him in Houston with shooting just around him in a space system. Like, just go crazy, run the break, beat your guy off the dribble, and kick to shooters. Like, I, I'd love to know, one, what his scoring numbers look like, and, two, if he just feels – like a superstar that could be a first option on a team like that that doesn't have a guy already occupying the paint. Um, but it's tough because, like, if you ask any Sixers fan, I guarantee you they're going to tell you Joel Embiid's the guy you need to build around as long as he can stay healthy. So it's such a tough conundrum that, like, it just never worked out that they're the perfect complementary pieces to each other despite individually being so good. Uh, we have LaMelo Ball in this chat, and you've come off mute like seven times and you haven't talked yet, so <laughs> I want to make sure you get a chance to talk, man. What's going on? I appreciate it, man. Well, there's one thing that I get out of, you know, what we're talking about. Do you, where do you guys think, I mean, as we all, I guess we can kind of agree that uh, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid probably aren't the best match together, you know, for, for multiple multiple reasons, especially spacing. Um, it just doesn't seem like it wor- would work, and we talk about how Ben Simmons would almost be w- would have thrived in in Houston. So, where do you think, other than you know where they're at now, where would both of these players um, kind of thrive in, in, in different? Man, that's a good question. I think I think Embiid is going to end up thriving in Philly if he's not already thriving. Like, I think I think he's a Philly lifer. I think at some point, Ben Simmons gets moved if they don't get over the hump here. Um, and I think someone said it earlier, like, this is the year these two need to get it done. Like, if they can't get it done with all of these injuries with a pretty wide open East, like, I think there's going to be some questions in that front office. Uh, and, I mean, we've seen Daryl Morey is not afraid to make moves. 
So it wouldn't shock me at all if something happens sooner rather than later. I don't know if there's a destination I can point to right now that I think Simmons would be great in other than like the the traditional Houston spacing system. But like, I just want to see him surrounded by shooting and I want to see him as the first option. I'd almost prefer he ends up going to like a bad team to start just to see like, is he actually a guy that can be an NBA superstar or is he a complimentary piece? Dang, my shit, my shit cut out. I can't hear nobody. My bad. Oh, you good, man. No, it's a good question, though. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out because it looks like, I mean, they're going to have a 3-2 lead in this Hawks series. Um, yep. Can people hear me now? I think my connection was bad for a second. No, you're good. You're good. Okay, good. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think they're, they're likely going to have a 3-2 lead. They'll probably close out this series, just win one of two, probably game seven in Philly. Um, and then from there, I mean, I, I would think they're probably underdogs against either Milwaukee or Brooklyn with one of the other two superstars back. So it'll be very interesting to see. Uh, we got Todd Lewis who joined the chat. Todd, what's going on, dude? What's up, Greg? How you doing, man? I just had to pop in. I mean, to just hear some of the chat rooms on the day that locker room died and was rebranded as Spotify. Dude, it's been a crazy day, man. I, uh, I feel you to go from where we were at with locker room and our tight knit community. And now there's a bunch of these new people. It's awesome, man. It's like a rebirth. So we were already, uh, congratulating the folks on the Spotify team that are in here, Will and Ethan, but very uh, nice. be an exciting day, man. I'm hyped about well, it. You know, good things happen to good people. I'm going to blame it on Bill Simmons, though. Bill Simmons took locker room and it crushed it. And now it's corporate America. <laughs> they're they're boosting fair. each other for gems on here, Greg. They're boosting each other for gems. That's what some of these rooms are. Hey, Bill Simmons was in here, man. You got to hop in his room and tell him that. I was Bill in the Simmons. comments in the Bill room earlier today saying, uh, the but first, Pearl Jam over and over again. And nobody blocked me yet. So that's good news. Oh, it's good to hear you're still doing well, my friend. I just wanted to pop in and say that I, I'm glad you got the check mark, and now, and now you're big time, just just in time for Spotify Green Room. Hey, still little time, but appreciate you, man. Good talking to you. Um, all right, we got we got about ten minutes left in the show. If anybody else uh, in the listening room wants to jump up, feel free to join the stage. Um, the last topic that I wanted to hit on, which may not be good if you're watching this Hawks game right now, but I want to talk about Trey Young. Because I love Trey Young. I might consider myself a Trey Young stan. Uh, I loved him before he got into the league. I think the people that know me in this group know that I'm a huge college basketball fan. And Trey Young may be my favorite college basketball player of the last decade. The kid was electric. He was so entertaining. He was doing things no one had done on a college basketball floor. Uh, and then he fizzled out. They lost their first game in the NCAA tournament. He was drafted and traded for Luka Doncic. Luka had such a good rookie year that it sort of stigmatized Trey Young's early career. And I don't think anybody really thought he could be the best player on a team that wins a playoff series, at least not yet. And here he is in a competitive series with a team like Philly, who's had two superstars, a lot of really good role players, and quite frankly, has had a lot more years to get to this position playing them pretty evenly so far. So 
I uh, I don't understand. I feel like Trey Young doesn't get as much love as I would expect a young player that's as exciting as him to get. And I've been trying to figure that out for the last year or so. Is it because he just looks kind of funny and his voice is weird? Like he's not the most marketable superstar despite having a really marketable game. Um, but I, I'm full Trey Young stand mode. So I'm curious, yeah. what do other people in the group think? And so, Trav, what's going on, man? You just jumped up. Man, Trev, what's up? I haven't seen you in a while, but I will. I will eat my words on Trey Young. I've, I've been. I feel like, especially in the college world, Greg, you like the biggest thing you always people talked about with Trey Young was the dude always averaged thirty and ten, yada yada yada. But he was getting really inefficient shots off. But the thing was always was just like, who was on Oklahoma's basketball team that was going to take those shots from Trey Young? Right, like they had physically nobody on that team. It was just him by himself, basically chilling. Um, and then I think the thing in the NBA was he was always really, really good. Um, got buckets, really electric, super fun to watch. Um, my thing was always like I just kind of wanted to wait and see it in the playoffs before I like fully bought into him. And and Lenny knows I've I I was pretty strict. I was pretty strict on Trey Young, and I walked a lot of it back. Um, but I am I am fully in on Trey Young now as of the next playoff series. Like I'm just in. The kid's really good, and he'll be really good in the league for. We got Todd in the chat throwing the f word around. That's a big word. Flopper. I get it. He he pump fakes a lot. He jumps into dudes. He uses his six foot body. He does not out. jump into dudes. He's not that. I mean, I I if don't he, view Trey Young gets... as a flopper. If he gets fouled ten times with that move that everybody hates so much, where he just stops on the dime, he might jump backwards once. If he gets you pump faking ten times in a game, he might jump into you from the side or forward a few times. But for the most part, the dude stays in one spot. He just stops and jumps up. They just fall for it every time. He gets your momentum going towards him, and then he just stops on the dime. Soon as he feels that contact, he's going up for a shot. Is he foul hunting? Yes. Is he doing anything illegal? No. Is he flopping? No. I would say he should start flopping because he be getting fucked up when he driving. The refs barely call. That's why he came up with that other move. Larry, I'm with you, man. I'm jamming you for that because that's that's a monologue I've been waiting to hear someone say. I don't like the flopper talk with Trey. He just knows his, how to use his body in an elite way. Yeah, I've been caping for Trey on this app since the first day I joined. People have been slandering his good name, and I've been here to defend him every chance I can. Let him know, man. I'm with you. I'm glad I finally found somebody else who's on my side of this argument because I really did think I was alone for a long time. Todd, you threw the F word out, man. You got to defend this. Why Why are you anti-Trey's offense? Well, well not, not only is, is Trey a flopper, guys, but he also plays no defense. So... I'm not a big Trey Young fan. I'm sorry. Does he stretch the game out like Steph Curry does? Of course, but he's no Steph Curry in my mind. Not yet. Ugh, I, I hate doing, not yet. I hate doing this point guard defense thing, <laughs> and like I, I feel like I do this every other week on this app. Point guard defense doesn't matter in the NBA. It never does. It never will. It's just irrelevant in the grand scheme of defense. And, 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 and when yeah. And, I, Sorry, Max, real quick, because I'm about to lose service on the highway. You're fine. You're fine. And to Trey's credit, he actually does try. He gives effort. But the dude is six feet, 150 pounds. 
He's too small to guard anyone. <laughs> so when, so when you t- just when, made my point. When Greg asked the question, like, why do people hate Trey? Like, that was the first thing I thought of, but I wasn't going to mention it until Todd just brought it up. The problem was the comparison was Steph Curry, and at a time where like Steph Curry was like on top, and like that was an unfair comparison. Like, does it kind of track? Sure, but like. Trey Young is not Steph Curry. He would never be Steph Curry, but like that's fine. Like Trey Young is still a great player, and the comparison to, to Steph Curry, I feel like rub people the wrong way. I feel like it's also you saw Trey, Trey Young as somebody who was going to shoot threes, not play a lot of defense. You know, would he last because of his body? Like those are all the questions, and like and the biggest question I think of all when we saw that Trey Young was a good player in the regular season was, you know, would it translate to the playoffs? Now, obviously, it has, and so I'm interested to see how this conversation evolves over time with Trey Young, but as he's shown shown up in the playoffs. But I think that was sort of the the some of the biggest knocks. And at the end of the day, it just was never fair to compare him to, to Steph Curry in the first place. But that's what draft folks do, and you know it is what it is. I just want to throw this out there before we totally kill the Steph Curry comparisons. When Steph Curry was 22. He averaged 18 and 5 on a team that was 10 games under 500. Trey Young's 22 in the conference semis in a competitive series off 25 and 9. So I I I get like Steph has come so far and who knows if Trey Young will ever get there but like by my count Trey's ahead of where Steph Curry was at this age right now. So I'm I'm just wowed by what the kids Also so to piggyback off of Greg Sorry, Greg, to piggyback off of what you just said, youngest player in league history with 25 points at eight. Well, in the playoff game. So. Yeah, like some, some of his accolades are crazy. And I just, I don't know. It's surprising to me because there's all these young superstars in the league, right? Like we're watching them blossom. We're watching Devin Booker. We're watching Donovan Mitchell. There's all these dudes that seem to be a little more universally loved than Trey Young. And that's the part that I don't get. I just view Trey as one of those up-and-coming superstars, just like the Lucas, just like the Donovan Mitchells. But for some reason, he's more polarizing, which is interesting to me. So you guys make a good point about defense. Uh, I think as a fan, I'm never like the big pro defense guy. Like, yes, I respect good defense, but I'm never like, oh, I love that player because he really locks up. Like defensive players of the year in the NBA stand in the corner and guard Joe Harris right now. So that's that's talk about it. We can't do it, Akil. Like, give me the guy that is unguardable and makes floaters and fadeaway threes and puts teams on his back. Like, that's that's what's fun basketball. But to each their own, as I say that (laughs) to dead silence, we'll see. I just want to know, like, if if Trey Young somehow wins this series, the narrative is going to have to totally change. Like, people are going to have to accept him as the best player on, like, a contender instead of this cute up-and-coming story. So, I wish this game was competitive. I can't I can't lie and say I'm not pulling for the Hawks just to have the agenda grow. But uh, we'll see. Fingers crossed. Um, all right, fellas. Thanks, thanks everybody, for joining this. I'm going to wrap. We're coming up on the hour. Um, I know we had a bunch of people in the comments hop in and out. So thank you, everybody who hopped out. We're going to do this every single Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern. The show is called 8 p.m. in the Internet. We'll be talking basketball. We'll be talking uh, betting. We'll be talking everything that's going on in the world of sports. Appreciate all y'all.
And uh, follow, subscribe to Sleepers Media, by the way. Links in the bio. And you can find me and Carter and me yelling at Carter before he runs miles on a pitch this Friday. So thanks, oh, y'all. We'll talk to y'all soon. Oh, that's this Friday? This Friday, Akil. I, I think, are you guys going live for the whole thing? Uh, he will be. I'm not going to be there because I'm at a wedding. But, yes, there will be live stream links available to watch his demise on camera. Oh, baby. We're cooking. Stay tuned. All right. Appreciate y'all. We'll talk soon.